Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Yes, tonight in our second in a series of conversations with our human condition segment, one of the most powerful forces for good in the human condition, and that is forgiveness. We're looking at the psychology of forgiveness with our resident clinical psychologist, Lynn Worsley. Lynn, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. Great to see you. We've also thought um, we've... You're all out there listening to Lynn's words of wisdom and um, maybe you've got questions of your own. Maybe they impact on your own life with forgiveness or other issues. So we'd be very happy for you to give her a call on 1300 40 2020 if you've got uh, any of your questions for Lynn. Lynn, I think um, last week's first conversation in this series was so significant. I want you to take us through a few of the main points. The process, I remember we covered the process of forgiveness but also, quite surprisingly, the negative consequences of perhaps being too forgiving. Yeah. 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 Um, look, psychologists are very interested in the, the dynamics and the systems that occur uh, around those dynamics. Um, and we're also interested in the thinking processes that occur um, in, the, in the dynamics of forgiveness or in the, in the process that we go through that. And a lot of the work that we do is unpacking what, packing what happens in situations that lead to one another. So to unpack the process of unforgiveness, we use the notion that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. How familiar. Yes. yes. And so last week we applied this to when someone or something hurts us terribly and we looked at how the forgiveness process is one of a proactive response to another when they have hurt you. Um, and this, this means that we harness the reactive response in us and stop and consider the perspective of the other person and have a proactive response, which either stops the abuse or stops us from contributing to the hurt by having a reaction to it. It also allow, allows change in the other person. Yes, yes. Now, this process allows us to have time to consider how the relationship that we're in is a system and how our part in the system can enable the abusive behaviour and disable a person from seeking help. Yeah. So can you give us an example there? Okay. Now, for example, a woman who's being abused by, say, her alcoholic husband. Let's, let's go with something like that. Um, let's say she can, she can think that she can keep forgiving by continually taking him back after each abusive episode. But she may actually be keeping the abuse and the alcoholism a secret from others just to cover up the effects of the abuse so to, to res what she thinks is respecting him or so not to make him embarrassed yes. or in front of him or the family. But in her eyes, she may do this because she wants to show respect, but underneath she really believes that she may deserve the abuse. Wow. So all this does is enable the abuse to continue. It makes her a martyr in her own mind and it gives him the message that he's justified in what he's doing. Mm. So you can see it's a system. Um, it also stops him from getting help for his violence and his alcoholism and it also prevents him from having a deep and satisfying relationship with his wife where he's asked to go deeper into himself and perhaps challenge his own growth. Yeah. The question is here, really, we can look at it, is who is actually doing the abuse? Here she's forgiving. It, it looks like she's actually condone, condoning the abuse rather than actually forgiving the person. Yeah. But if we yes. unpack that example and really look at a real forgiveness, we can see that forgiveness starts with self-respect. So you're the one forgiving. Yes. yes. So in order to forgive, you need to be feeling that sense of forgiveness yourself. Yes, okay. 
you know, self-respect. And self-respect says that I'm made in the image of God and I'm loved and I'm forgiven by God and cherished so that I can grow in my relationships with him and other people. And that's how a Christian would see self-respect and being forgiven. But this also means that I listen to what other people say about me and I reflect how God would see me and how I should respond to them. Mm. Now, if the woman in the example had self-respect, when her husband abused her, she would have a point of reference in herself as loved by God. She then has a number of reactions to choose from. Okay. Can you take us through a few of those reactions? Okay. The first reaction could be to get angry in return and to protect herself. I'm, you know, demanding that I need to protect myself. Mm. So she could get angry and she could abuse him back and exercise control in some hurtful ways, such as withdrawing sex, using snide remarks or in public about his alcohol use or put him down in front of the kids and make him out to be a monster to other people. And she'd gain a bit of sympathy and she'd be able to isolate him further, causing the system to continue by his only way of gaining power to drink or to hit her. And there'd be some ways in which she'd feel good about that scenario yeah so that becomes again a vicious cycle yes yes Um, and that may actually come from having a degree of respect for herself but was looking at a revengeful way and we have that choice all of us have that choice another reaction could be to get sad and withdrawn and secretly hide from him till he realized he'd hurt her and begin to buy her back by being nice to her again that's a bit of a victim but again that's her choice yes Or she could actually show an action of forgiveness by seeing him as a person needing to have help and needing to respect himself as a person rather than having to enforce his power on others to feel strong. Yeah, it's being driven not only by your own sense of self-respect but by how you can view the other person. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So if she really forgave him, she'd allow the process of his change to start and she'd consider the actions that would lead him to others who could help him. Yes. He's not a bad or an unforgivable person. He's not a static human being, but rather a person who's loved by God and in the process of being made. So her proactive response could then be to make the abuse known to someone who could help him. Yeah. And maybe someone who could support him to make the changes. So can I ask you this question then? If um if she could ask questions of herself about her circumstances what might help her do you think okay she could ask some questions like what would i do if i wasn't afraid Um, or what would i do if i wasn't so hurt or perhaps even what would i do if i felt completely okay about myself and i wasn't affected by the situation and these questions would give her a list of responses that could take her out of the situation help her to see that he may in he may need in order to get help you know, other other people around him. And it might lead her to tell her pastor for support or a, a local counsellor. She could seek an AVO with the police who also have access to counsellors and advisors. Yeah. Um, he might then be confronted with the issue of violence by having to face court or family and community. But in the process, she may he may be forced to seek help with a counsellor or a psychologist who could help him with his anger and the need for power over other people. And I'm sure you say this, but it is a, a critical thing. You must never be afraid or embarrassed of seeking professional help Never. in a range of ways. No, yeah. no. The, the, the important part is that her action of forgiveness enables him to change and help him to go through the process. And it might mean that he's able to come back home, but 
to a home that has care and relationships that have healthy boundaries and that may actually enable his growth and process of change. Yes. My question to her would be, if you really love him, then forgive him by helping him to seek the help that he needs. Which again is going to be a reflection of both of what she thinks of herself and what she thinks of him. That's right. Hard though. Very, but, but very assen- hard. Yeah. We're essentially thinking of a bigger picture. I often say this. And there are different goals of forgiveness when there's a couple at work here. What happens if there's one person, say in a business situation, work situation, where the person has deliberately hurt us or inflicted injury on us, say by cheating or lying? How can we respond then? <laughs> okay, now that, that's different. But if we consider the action of forgiveness as being enabling the other person towards wholeness, then again it means that we have to take ourselves out of the picture. Okay. Can you give us an example of that maybe? <laughs> okay. Let's say there are partners in a business. It's yes. an example. Um, over a couple, couple of years or a number of years, maybe 10 years. And during that time, one partner decides he would do better to set up a similar business by himself and could make more money and not have to bother with sharing the responsibilities and the proceeds with the other partner. Yes. Right. So he decides to secretly and gradually take clients and resources in order to help him set up the new place and it takes a process of maybe about 18 months and it's all done on the sly with no consultation with the other partner and lying to the other partner that all's well in the business so you got the picture oh yes and i suspect i know what's going to happen and then he leaves suddenly so do the clients the resources and the contacts and the partner is left bewildered and very angry and hurt and overwhelmed with a failing business so we're going to talk about forgiveness here yeah Yep, good luck. Okay, okay. The, pro- the responses could be, yes. one, reaction to the indignation and the justification for taking the leaving partner to court. I could take him to court and yes. embark on a really long battle of blame and shame and at the same time making the legal system a bit richer. Mm-hmm. Now that takes continued anger and a veg- vengeful thinking process to keep that going. Probably going to last two to three years. Yes, over some time. Yeah. Yes. So that actually hurts them both. Mm. Um, you could have a reaction to the anger and hostility towards the partner by cheating on them, by bad-mouthing him to every person that comes across their way, including clients and colleagues and other contacts. Which to a great extent you'd understand. Yep, you know? but yeah. that just makes the partner look like a bad loser, yes, really. totally true. The other one is you could react to the abandonment by feeling completely apologetic and ashamed that others have left him. And that makes the partner look like a victim. Yep, yep. Now, all those reactions actually make it worse for the cheated partner. It's not fair, but that's what it happens. It actually makes it worse. They make him look like a loser, an aggressor or a victim. So he really can't win here, Mm. this guy that's been left. They also send him further towards... Disrepute by basically making him waste his time on fighting rather than rebuilding and moving forward. Yes, if he thought it was bad already, Mm. that process makes it worse. But I think I don't underestimate the the power of forgiveness and the possibility Mm. or the task. So what can forgiveness look like here? So if he takes himself out of the picture, he might ask the following questions. What would I do if I wasn't hurt? Uh, what would I do if I wasn't angry? Yep. Or what would I do if I was feeling strong and good about myself and it didn't affect me? So similar to what 
the woman did before. And that gives us the actions that take our own reactions out of the picture. You're not talking about a denial of the hurt. No. You're just saying what if or as if it was. So it just gives you a set of actions that you can think about. And it makes a a list of behaviours that enable a proactive response. It might well be that there needs to be a court case, but it could be not out of revenge or anger, but rather as a way to move forward for both partners. Yes. It might be that nothing is done in response to the hurt, but this would not be as a victim, but rather as a proactive step step towards building a more positive future, which is not based on being abandoned. Because mixed in with this is a sense of justice and an understandable sense of justice. Yeah, but the important part of the process is that forgiveness takes us out of the picture and places us as observers to the situation. Yeah. It then it then helps us to make steps towards the goal of forgiving the other person. Yep. In this situation you might get to the point of wishing them well in their business, but at the same time not really being ready to invest in a partnership with them in the future. No, no. But I have actually seen real forgiveness in this situation. Have um, you really? Have yes, really I have. Where instance. where partners were able to meet, greet and worship with each other in the same church. And they both had a similar level of hurt. Wow. After mm. someone's dudded them mm. like this. Wow. That's right. And forgiveness meant that the partner who was cheated on allowed the other person to grow and to reach wholeness. I'd be afraid that they wouldn't have learned their lesson. <laughs> Let me be the devil's advocate. Well, and I guess that's the key. Forgiveness is being able to forgive someone despite whether they learn their lesson or not. Yes. Yeah. So... Can you forgive someone if they don't want to be forgiven? Yeah, you can. Yeah, okay. And that, I think, is where we're taken to a place, I guess, is an example that Jesus gives us. Yes. That he forgives us whether we want it or not. Yeah. I, there are few interviews that I'm kind of left more thinking like, I know I'm on the air and I've got to keep talking, but I think I'd just like to sit with these thoughts mm. and think them mm. through. I'm sure people are. Actually. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think when you reflect on um, how, we're, how we're supposed to be as Christians, and it, it, I'm often quite, um, I guess, surprised and delighted in following Jesus Christ that we see that what separates us from other religions is not that we're about rules or having to do certain things in certain times. Yes. We're actually about relationships and forgiveness is the very core of relationships. Yeah, yeah. And so really what sets Christianity apart is our forgiveness, the principle of forgiveness. Well, if we're truly looking to Jesus, you do sense a bigger picture and ultimately to the cross and then to the hope of resurrection, redemption after the cross. Mm. And even the, even if that might take us into another life, mm. that day will come, mm. yeah, mm. when there will be justice. Yeah, that's right. But what I think is, is brings us back to a very sharp reality is that while we're going through things and things happen to us and we're hurt and we are left feeling like justified about what we want, yeah, yeah. is that the very wise and beautiful quote that I got from this lovely wise woman who's going through a lot of pain herself, she said, God isn't as interested in what we're going through as much as he's interested in who we are in the process of that. I'm sure that's true too. 
Such wisdom. So just quickly, what are we going to do uh, next week? Where are we going with forgiveness then? Well, forgiveness is a mixed bag of reactions and responses and feelings. I thought it would be helpful to have a look at the characteristics of forgiving people. Mm, And uh, research research psychologists tend to like looking at those sorts of people. So I hope to cover that next week. Look forward to it. As always, Lynn Worsley, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.